This week on Any Other Business, we're talking about problem customers. It's not a part of business that you'd want to acknowledge, but it happens and you need to know how to deal with it. In this episode, you are going to learn why the customer is not always right. You're going to hear about the difficult clients that we've dealt with, and you're going to learn how to deal with firing a customer when you need to. Customers. Can't have a business without them. No. Sometimes it'd be nice to. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, today we're going to talk about customers and the challenges that they can bring. Because when you're starting a business, you're just really glad to have any kind of customers. But then as time goes on, the type of customer that you attract and how you deal with customers who you wish you hadn't attracted becomes increasingly important to you as a business. I think a kind of a founding principle to start this podcast on, which is the opposite of what the what you normally hear, is the customer is not always right. Yeah, you're right. The customer is not always king. The customer is not always right. It's not the case. We're actually really lucky. Our customers, our clients are great. They're really friendly, but that's not luck. We've engineered that and we'll talk about how we've engineered it. But I think it's important, like you've said, to state right up front that not everybody's going to be right for your business. Far from it. In fact, most people will be wrong. You've got to do great work to attract the right people. And when occasionally the wrong person comes through the door, whether it's a physical or virtual one, you need to sometimes sack that client. And we've done that. And we'll talk about sacking suppliers and clients in this episode too. So we've got a lot to cover. Yeah, we have. And this really ties back into the episode that we did on core values, which we'll make sure that we link to because you need to be using those values to make your decisions about who you want to do business with. Like there are some clients who are just generally awful and no business want to do business with them. But then there are other types of customer where they might be fine for a business, but they're just not right for you. If they completely violate all your values as a business, it's just not going to work out. So that's another reason why knowing your values is important because then you can be aware of these things and catch them early. And the reason it's important to do that and to fire clients, which we have done, is that as your business grows, it might not be affecting you personally that much, but it affects your team. And if we're saying that the customer is not the king, if the customer is not the most important, it's good to your team that is. And you, it's not fair to leave them dealing with people who you wouldn't personally want to deal with. Yeah, because you can say, right, here's our values. Here's what we want to do. Let's all live by them. Oh, that person goes against our values. Well, just put up with them. That What's that saying? You can't. You've got to be able to back your values, you back your decisions. And we do sometimes ask clients to look elsewhere. But I think it's really, really, really important to say that if a client is difficult, doesn't mean you should get rid of them. Difficult can actually be really useful. Because difficult might be just a different way of phrasing high standards. And sometimes the team will go, oh, look, this person's complained and they've taken offense to it because, you know, they love the brand, they love the company and they want to protect it. And I've turned around and, and gone, well, actually, you know what? There's some great feedback in there. Mm. Sometimes it's outrageous what people will do and say, but sometimes it's just someone with really high standards that we can learn from. So I think it's a key lesson to not be emotional about the type of feedback you get clients, especially as founders, because you're going to love your business more than anyone. Mm. And it's almost like an extra child in your life. You know, you want to nurture it, grow it, and make sure it's successful. So if someone starts slagging off your child, you can quite easily take offense. You need to take it in your stride, look at the feedback, and decide, can I learn from this? And more often than not, you can. Yeah. 
And there is a real spectrum. You need to know where it stands. Because someone who's just got high standards and is holding you to their standards, absolutely fine. Then you've got another very clearly at the other end of the spectrum, examples of just outrageous behavior. Like we literally had someone once who said that they didn't want to have a meeting with the person they meant to because they didn't want to deal with a woman. So that, well, that's not right. So I still think you should have thought that meeting. <laughs> <laughs> so that clearly was not something that we were okay with. Um, but then you've got some in the middle where you've got people who are making good points perhaps, or they're always asking lots of questions, but they're just, they're taking more time than they're paying you for, frankly. And you see this all the time with consulting. So you might take on a client who's paying you a thousand pounds a month for something and they just want the world and they're always pushing the boundaries. And so it's a quite blurry line sometimes. Where are they just like demanding more because they're demanding and exacting? And when are they just trying their luck and trying to get more out of you than they're actually paying for? So it's not an easy decision to make a lot of the time it can be and you could often end up leaving it too late to make a decision because it is more just like a steady drip of annoyance than rather than one incident where you just go no yeah it it is difficult and it's knowing when someone's crossing a line and and it's also how you approach them but before we get into individual clients you also sometimes need to sack suppliers people who are important to your business sometimes will operate or behave in a way that doesn't sit right with you your values and sometimes you have to take a stand as difficult as it is and one of our businesses is matching developers to investors and bringing the two together and sometimes actually more often than we would have liked we've had to say to developers we're not going to work with you anymore because of the way they've behaved or we may have not had to say we're not going to work with you anymore we've just not decided to do any further business with them And that is because they've acted or behaved in a way that just doesn't sit right with us, our values, and the way they've ultimately ended up treating our clients means that, no, while it'd be nice to have the revenue by doing more deals and business with them, there's things far more important than revenue. And one of those things are your values. Mm. You can compromise your values with cash, but you shouldn't. And when you do, you feel really poorly about yourself, about your business. So it may cost you money in the short term, but actually I really do believe that you win in the long term. There may be short-term hits financially, but actually they'll end up in bigger hits over time because your reputation will get damaged. But actually, if you take a stand against the behavior, then your reputation can be enhanced and you win over the long term. So you've got to be brave because taking those cash hits and, and foregoing potential revenue it's not easy to do, but it's the right thing to do. And it's not even just revenue. It can throw your business into chaos if you've been working with a supplier who's providing a key element of what you do. And we have this as well because we're always working with various brokers and solicitors and things like that. And if they're not doing what they would do and you just say, look, this relationship has to end, that can cause you a real problem. But again, it's the same thing. Like Accepting that will cause you more of a problem in the long run. But you have to take the pain of being having clients whose needs you can't meet or having to find other arrangements. We've changed firms that we're working with midway through transactions, which is a really difficult and annoying thing to do. And it's cost money as well. But sometimes you just have to do it. You do. So suppliers, sometimes you have to part ways with. But sometimes you have paying clients. You can do a lot upfront to avoid this happening. But sometimes someone will work with you 
and it doesn't fit. And there's all different examples. Like there was the interesting character who didn't want to deal with any female members of our team. So obviously we didn't work with them anymore. We've also had people just rude and that's unacceptable. And But they'd be nice to us, but would be rude to the team. That's clearly unacceptable. And we parted ways with a few individuals who've operated that way. Or some people who just engineer complaints after complaints after complaints. So they become time sponges. And time sponges need to be avoided at all costs. And you can give them warnings, which you sometimes has worked in the past, but sometimes the time sponge decides they've got no ears and they don't listen and you eventually have to part ways. Those warnings can be pretty effective, though. We've had clients who've been acting in an unacceptable way. We've actually said to them, that's it. Have your money back. We're not going to do this anymore. And they've apologized and said, and said that they've realized they were wrong. They're not going to do it again. And they've gone on to be perfectly fine. So it's either it's just like, we've shocked them. Yeah. They, I think they have been kind of, they're not used to businesses standing up to that kind of behavior. So maybe they think it's okay. Or maybe they've sort of held up a mirror to it and made them go, oh, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. So it's having that confidence and the ability to do that. It can sometimes make them respect you more and lead to a better relationship but sometimes clearly it's just not going to work and if in smaller businesses where you are doing quite hands-on consulting kind of work it can be nothing that you could really put your finger on it can just be a personality mismatch if you're doing a high touch kind of service there might be not like oh well this person is clearly violating a value of mine but the relationship just doesn't work and having the ability to to spot that and take action on it is not easy but it frees up so much of your headspace and this is something we talk about a lot because it's not just physical time but it's mental energy and if you've got someone who is a you're thinking about all the time you're dreading them calling you back or whatever it is it's just not worth it no it's not worth it so sometimes you have to part ways with a client and it's never nice but there are things you can do as we've said up front to help avoid that and one of the things that we do is we have conversations with people who want to work with us up front and talk about their needs and their wants and and when it comes to property their sort of goals and aspirations and for the majority of people we speak to we say no you're not right and in a very polite way and then guide them to what is right and that really stuns people they're not used to that because most businesses will go we'll take your business who are you doesn't matter we'll take it whereas we say you know what we're probably not a good fit because if you do that, it's going to save some of these problems further down the line. But also, that interaction you've you've had with the non-fit, while they may be a bit surprised, if you've been respectful, guided them to a better solution, then they're only going to talk well of your brand, your business. And I'd like to think that in our community and what we do, our brand is well-respected and liked. And I truly believe this is one of the con- big contributors to it, is that we will say to people that they're not right, But we won't just say, you're not right, and slam the door. We'll say they're not right and guide them to better options for them. That extra time costs you a bit of time. It's not really a cost in money, but what an investment you can make. Mm. And there is a bit of a monetary cost because that could have been someone who'd pay you. And but you've you've said no. But what most companies do is they'll say yes. They'll say yes to everything, whether they can deliver it or not. And then you get down the line and you have an unhappy client because they were never they were never going to be happy there was nothing that you could have done that would make them happy because it was just wrong but because they didn't have the confidence or they were worried purely about this month's numbers or whatever they said yes when they shouldn't have done saying no is really hard it's like so many things with business if you're making the longer term decision 
it's not the easy one to do on the day, but compounding it all adds up to get you to where you want to be. And another way you can prevent is going a step before, and it's your marketing. Yeah. So in a way, a podcast is marketing. All our content, our education that we put out there is helping people, but it's also marketing. We explain what we do. We explain what we don't do, but we still help them. We make content about things that we have no services around, but it helps people understand what we do and what we don't do, but also what we're like as a business, our culture, our philosophies. And some people may not like that, and that is absolutely fine, but others will love it. And it's in a way your marketing can help people self-select. So before they even pick up the phone to you and engage, they're already making decisions on you as a company because they're not going in cold. They have a sense of what this journey is going to be like. So being make, making sure that you really communicate up front the type of services you have well in an informative way, the tone and culture of your business comes across through your marketing as well can save so many awkward conversations further on and doing it through something like a podcast is ideal because there'll be loads of people who listen to the podcast once not like the sound of us and they'll just won't listen again so there's no chance they'll become a customer but it doesn't hurt our egos because we don't know about it we just <laughs> we turn the do download number that's fine um but that way it means that you can kind of do that at scale you get all the people who would have been wrong for you just bounce off and you never even hear about them and the people who are right find their way through and you can give them more of your attention and like you say they're arriving with the right mindset kind of knowing what it's all about and that's not going to be right for every business but it does if you have some kind of a brand it doesn't have to be like a particular piece of marketing around content but if you just have a brand people have a feeling of what that brand is about which again allows people to self-select along those lines so you can prevent or do a good job of preventing the wrong people through but sometimes people slip through the net and you've got to let someone go. We've started to talk about how you should communicate this, but it's first of all, making sure that this is per someone who doesn't fit and it's not just someone being difficult or having high standards, there's a difference. And then if you establish they're not a fit, start to guide them away. Don't just say, we're not gonna work with you anymore. That's quite a blunt tool to use. That it has to take quite outrageous behavior for them, someone to do that. But say, do you think this working relationship is a good fit for you? It doesn't seem like you're happy. Have really respectful conversations and give people a chance to leave on good terms. It doesn't have to be, you know, a butting of heads and it all ends in a horrible manner. It can be quite respectfully done. Mm. And you give people that opportunity to walk away. Yeah, there's a couple of ways that can go. So if you have that kind of conversation, people are surprised by the fact you're instigating that. We've touched on that already. And they can go, no, you know what? It's not really working for me. What can we do about this? And then, yeah, you they you're giving them the the power to make the decision or have a say in that decision, so it's not confrontational. Or they can go, oh, I thought everything was fine, and then it may maybe makes them realise that they need to play by your rules a little bit more. But either one of those is okay. It's you normally I'd say you can handle that situation well. It's unusual that you get into an actual outright no. Get, get out of my business and never come back kind of situation. But there's actually a step before that that you need to have before you can have that conversation at all, which is you need to be financially able to do to lose that customer. And I think it's really important not to get yourself into a position where you are completely reliant on a small number of clients. And this is something a lot of businesses do. They might have one major contract and 
if they lose that contract, it could take them months to find another one and they've lost half of their revenue and they'd have to lay people off. So they are just a complete slave to whatever that customer wants, whatever they do. If you're you know, selling a consumer product, that's not going to be the case, but you might have it with a supplier. There might be a major supermarket who treats you badly and there's nothing you can do about it. So to give you this power, you need to make sure that you're not just going, oh, well, the cash is rolling in from these three people. That's fine. You need to put, be, be in a position where you can do it then have the willingness to do it yeah and even if you start taking the steps towards it having those conversations are only going to help you may not pull the trigger at the end and pull the relationship but having those respectful conversations pointing out the behavior that's taking place and saying this is not something that's going to work long term it's a bit of a risk but i think you've got to stick to your values and i think it's worth that risk not necessarily pulling the rug and going right we're done but having those respectful conversations i still think is worthwhile even if you are reliance on a small number of clients it takes bravery it's, i'm not saying it's easy but i think what you have to put up with if you don't do it is too costly so i think it's worth the risk of that conversation to try and encourage different behaviors and attitudes sometimes though the behavior of some of our clients has been so poor or outrageous that it's just required an immediate parting of ways I think I've pretty much dealt with the vast majority of these or all of them and had that direct communication because it's needed to because their behavior has been so out of order. Now, we've worked with thousands of clients and this has happened less than 10 times. But you just need to be direct, short, polite. Don't get involved in the emotion that they've shown on their side and just cut it and make it very clear that this is done. There is no way back from this. One of the things I've found from that, an unexpected side effect is... The team member that's engaged with this particular individual really, really thanks you, the business, you and the business afterwards because they've seen that you want, you know what, you do uphold your values. You do say what you're going to do. You won't let us be treated poorly. And that is that in itself is far more valuable than the revenue that client would bring. Really is. Um, I think you made an important point there about being brief and direct. So you don't have to get sucked into the emotion of it, and you Absolutely. shouldn't. And of, it, you could so easily because you're feeling defensive about your company that they feel rejected and angry, so they'll probably get quite emotional, and things can very quickly escalate. You just need, don't need to do that. It's a business decision, and it's not an easy thing to do. I'm sure the first time you had to do that, that wasn't an easy conversation to have. But then over time, it gets easier. Yeah, it does. It's never nice. I don't think it ever will be. But fortunately, it's not happened over 10 years, I'd say less than 10 times, because most people are nice. Mm. And most people are respectful. And that's the great thing. You know, we're, we're focusing on semi-negative subject here, but it's important because it is part of being in business. But luckily, if you do the things up front that we talked about, do those well, then you'll have better experiences. Then you try and educate your clients and how to how to interact and behave if they're not doing it the way you expect it to be acknowledging that difficult clients are not always difficult and actually just have high standards and can help you improve but always throughout sticking to your values and your beliefs and if you do though if you do all those things then you the majority of your interactions will be good ones so today we've been talking about a topic that isn't the most fun but is a part of business it does happen and now hopefully you know a little bit more about how to deal with it but we'll be back next week to talk about another area of business and hopefully a happier one. So make sure you subscribe and you join us for that one. We'll see you then. Mm -hmm.